good afternoon. Good night. I'm Tiff. I'm Tim. And welcome back to Tiff and Tim and True Crime. Where two friends meet. We talk about true crime. Period. <laughs> um, excuse my voice. Um, yes, I went to Ireland. Well, we went to Ireland's concert uh, this weekend and I had a time. Yes. So, please excuse me. <clears throat> it, it, it go in and out. It works when it want to work. <laughs> but um, if you're a new subscriber, what's up? Hey. Welcome. <laughs> How y'all doing? Yes. I'm good. I was going to say fired up. Lord have mercy. Uh, from that organization we used to work for. <laughs> Not too much. <laughs> but um, if and if you're an old subscriber, hello. We, Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. You're yeah. still dealing with us. And yes. We appreciate it. Um, so please, 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 y'all be on the lookout coming up. You'll be able to actually see what Tiff and Tim look like. You know, you'll be able to see what we look like. Um, because we're going to be posting on our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Okay. Yes. We're going to be out here in these streets in a good way. <laughs> so, um, please be on the lookout for that. And it is our social media handle is our, uh, Tiff, Tim, and True Crime. Yes. So, um... Yeah, we today's gonna be exciting, y'all. So again, welcome to Tiff, Tim, and True Crime, the podcast where we dive deep into some of the most intriguing and mysterious criminal cases of all time. But hold on to your helmets, folks, because today's episode is gonna be a real touchdown. See what I did there? Oh. Uh, we're going to take a look at the tragic and shocking story of a former football player, Joven Bletcher. Now, we know that you're thinking, what does football player have to do with true crime? Well, grab some popcorn, get ready to find out. This case is a real game changer, and we're going to tackle it head on. So buckle up. You saw what it is? Buckle up, get ready for an episode that's sure to keep you on the edge of your seat. Because at the end of the day, y'all already know. It's about to be a what? Bomb with this case. Purr. Purr, purr, purr. Not purr, yes. <laughs> Again, don't send for me. And I'm like, we, sound effects are coming, okay? Like, period. So let me go ahead and put that disclaimer out here. This case and the other cases that we're doing, because we're going to have the same outfits on, these cases are lengthy. Yes. So, excuse if me and Tim constantly keep looking down because we're looking at our laptops to make sure that we say all the accurate information and don't leave anything out. Yes. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. She's whining. So, if you hear Sandy. Yeah. That's why it's okay, though. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about Joven. Yeah, so Joven Henry Allen Belcher. Wow, what a name. <laughs> was born to parents John and Cheryl in West Babylon, New York, on July 24th, 1987. He has three older sisters. Sher- he has three older sisters. Shell Shepherd raised four of her children by herself during Joven's formative years in New York. Her work ethic and determination eventually lit a fire in him. Ooh. While my mother is a hardworking woman, 
Delta told USA Today to see her overcome some things and succeed, it makes me look at things and say, this, is, this isn't even hard. Ooh. Yes. So his mom basically was a hardworking woman. She was. Shout out to all the hardworking women out there that's putting on for their kids to make sure that they have, you know, the best life that they can ever have. Okay. And, you know, we appreciate all the women out here in America. And, you know, we want to just accept all of them. We thank you. Yes. Sorry, I had to go tend to Sandy. (laughs) But, yeah, so Jovan attended West Babylon High School in his hometown. He excelled in wrestling and football for the West Babylon Eagles. I guess go Eagles. Okay, then. Belcher was a jack-of-all-trades. Who played tackle, linebacker, nose guard? That's a position. Y'all don't know anything about football, don't come. <laughs> and fullback for Eagles head for Eagles head football coach Albert Retatico. Retatico. Yeah. Okay. Since Joven was a young boy growing up in West Babylon, New York, a town in Long Island, he always wanted to play in the NFL. As a ninth grader, Belcher, Joven, sorry, I, I like to call people by their first name. This is the okay. last name for me. But yeah, Joven <laughs> told the coach, because I'm not about to pronounce their last name, <laughs> about his lofty ambition. The latter, in turn, was impressed with his, pro- his protege determination. In 2002, that Belcher... Belcher had a spotless track record in high school. Come on. He was a youngster of high character who never had any issues. As Joven's high school football career wound down, he made strides toward accomplishing his lifelong dream. Joven, who served as the West Babylon football captain for two years, led the Eagles to two playoff stints in the Long Island football championships. Behind behind, uh, Joven's exploits on both sides of the ball, the Eagles went undefeated in the regular season in his senior year in 2004. Unfortunately, the West Babylon lost the title title game. Dang. Yeah. Joven attended the University of Maine in 2005 to 2008. Joven majored in child development Mm. and family relations. Which suited and suited up for the main Black Bears head Black Bears head coach Jack Cosgrove. Sorry, Jack was active for active Joven 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 was active <laughs> off the college gridiron. He mentored an actor as a model to six, a role model to six and fifteen year old kids, as a member of the Big Brother Big Sister program. Oh, I did that. Shout out, shout out to y'all. Um, <laughs> Jovan was also a participant in the Male Athletes Against the Violence group, which aimed to prevent domestic violence. All right. Mm-hmm. Although Jovan was a quiet and introspective young man who racked up achievements in the classroom and on the college football team, he wasn't perfect. Mm. 
Dover once made the entire Black Bears football team run as a punishment after he broke a glass panel out of anger. His emotions got the best of him after an argument with his college girlfriend, Jessica Higgins. Hmm. So he clearly has some anger issues there. Yeah. Built up. But shout out to all the educators out there because, you know, he did go to college to get his degree in child development and family relations. Uh, I'm an educator. That's why I'm like shooting for it. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so Belcher was unrelenting on the college gridiron, right? He lightened up as soon as he found out that his mother, Cheryl, was going to watch him play. So, you know, all that hard aggression, that anger, you know, that soon changed because he knew, like, mom was going to come watch me play, and I can't be out here, you know, being so aggressive. Right. So, former Maine defensive line coach and recruiting coordinator Dwayne Wilmot told uh, his coach, Joven's coach, in 2012 that family meant everything to Joven. Um, his family turned up in droves for every Black Bears home game. Okay, they oh. showed up and showed out. Right. Belcher, in turn, used his platform as a student athlete to make them proud. Mm-hmm. Wilma's assist- assessment of Belcher's character was consistent with the later's high school school coach, Albert. They both saw him as determined individual who stopped at nothing to achieve his goals um, on on and off the football field. Because it keeps saying gridiron, and I'm not going to keep saying the football field. <laughs> not for real. Um, Maine won an average of six games per season from 2005 to 2006. Consist- Consequently, the Black Bears extended their postseason drought to five years. So Belcher switched to defensive end as a junior in 2007, and he had a CAA leading 10 sacks and 17 tackles for loss that year. Oh. um, Although the Black Bears... Oh, you knew about that, huh? I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Although the Black Bears won just four games... In uh, Belcher's junior campaign, he earned the Associate Press All-American Second Team uh, honors. So, like, football meant a lot to this man, y'all. Um, Belcher could continue wreaking havoc on the opposition as a senior. He had 7.5 sacks and 17.5 tackles for a uh, loss in 2008. Um, he turned its uh, fortunes around with the 8-5 win-loss record that year. Um, the Black Bears lost to the Northern Iowa Panthers in the NCAA division, um, first round, uh, forty to fifteen. Hey, they weren't playing a good game that day. Right. Nevertheless, Joven earned several accolades at the end of his college football career. Um, Joven earned first team All American honors from the American Football Coaches Association and the Walter Camp Foundation in two- December of two thousand eight. He earned second all-team American honors as a junior the previous year. And after his college days, undrafted free agent Joven Bletcher rose from the ashes and became one of the main cogs in Kansas City Chiefs defense in the National Football League from 2009 to 2012. So he 
I, we set all of that up to say that, you know, football was really a big thing for him. And although he was getting his degree in child development, football was his goal. And that was something that he wanted to do. And clearly he did it because he ended up becoming an actual football, a pro football player. Yeah. And like Tima said, he was signed to the Kansas City Chiefs as an undrafted free agent in March 2009. Jovan earned more accolades from his college days with the main Black Bears during his rookie year in the NFL. Jovan won a sports scholar, baller program, academic moments. Oh my God. So look at me. I cannot pronounce words today. And the national. Yeah, he won another award, an academics award in 2009. Since Jova turned pro in the spring of 2009, he paid for the expenses of an annual 4th of July party in his West Babylon, New York neighborhood. So he gave back. Yeah, he did. I was just about to say that. He also looked out for a lot of his friends and family members after donating the Kansas City Chiefs red, gold, and white. Okay. So I guess after he joined the team, he, uh, you know, just started... I guess like yeah, throwing family. that money, but he was he was he was an undrafted free agent, so like yeah. that means like he really wasn't even like technically like on the team for real. Like yeah, see, look, that's why we have. <laughs> I don't know anything. So that about means him. like they could like really cut him at any time if they wanted to. Oh, like, okay. Sometimes you get put on like the practice mm-hmm. squad, so you like get put on like. Actual team, you could be a free agent, but you could be let loose or let go at any point, or you could be a contracted, drafted member. Yeah, said he was an active member of the Kansas City, Missouri community during his short four-year tenure with the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. He was a regular fixture at the charitable and community events in the area. Jovan started three years of the Chiefs' 16 games in 2009 NFL campaign. He had 46 solo tackles and two tackles for the loss in the Kansas City 412 campaign that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. I guess I should have done research on football too. That's 412. Okay. The Chiefs extended their postseason drought to three years under the first year of the head coach, Todd Bailey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite. <laughs> but Jovan also met his, you know, eventual girlfriend. So, like, eventually he met his girlfriend, Cassandra Perkins, <laughs> in 2010. Perkins' cousin Whitney, the wife of Belcher's Chiefs teammate, Jamal Charles, Introduced them, uh, per what she told the New York Post. According to uh, Espen, Cassandra Perkins was essentially Joven Belcher's wife, although they weren't married. So it was giving your wifey, you're just not there yet. But she probably was doing all the wifey things that a girlfriend shouldn't do. But that's a different topic for a different day. In fact, they referred to each other as husband and wife. I'm not fin- you cannot. No, no, Even ma'am. Yeah, you got me messed but up. But isn't no. Nope. Uh, this is my boyfriend. 
But I know in some states they have it where common law. Yeah. But they weren't together for ten years. They only met in two thousand ten. But isn't it like somewhere even if you live together after a certain period of time? Oh dang. We're I gonna get to living together know. actually. So um Belcher's mother also referred to Perkins as her daughter. So unfortunately, some of the couple's friends noticed that their relationship began to deteriorate when Joven's football career took off and when Zoe, their daughter, was born early in the 2012 NFL season. Mm. Belcher often drank and hung out mm. with the Chiefs teammates late into the night at this point in his pro football career. This is mm. what he was doing. Oh. Wasn't quite being there for Miss Cassandra or Zoe. Mm. But Belcher also grew irritated when Perkins didn't clean their house when Zoe was already around. And for her part, Cassandra wanted to move into a different house. Remember, you talking about being together? Yeah. She actually wanted to stay in a separate house outside of him. Oh, okay. She eventually yeah. did, though. She, oh. she did move without Belcher. Oh, snap. Perkins' first date with Chiefs running back Jamal Charles and his family. His wife, Whitney, is Perkins' cousin, and before long, she rejoined her family back in Texas. Mm -hmm. Perkins and Belcher eventually got back together. The later's mother, Cheryl Shepard, flew in from West Babylon, New York, to help take care of young Zoe as well. Mm. Perkins' college friend, Brianna York, told Espen that the couple loved spending time at gun ranges. When York visited them once, she saw a handgun sitting on their kitchen table. Just sitting there. Like, what's mm -hmm. up? And another friend also told Sports Illustrated that he saw one of Belcher's rifles resting on a chair in his room. Ironically, his old friends from West Babylon, New York, were clueless about this fascination that with guns. And where they came from, they don't know. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. I'm sorry. And just as Joven Belcher, uh, you know, approached the home stretch of his fourth pro football season, he experienced an unspeakable tragedy that has rocked the National Football League to the present day, right now. So we're literally going to get into the the meat and grits of this. Yeah, so sadly, Joe Van took his own life on December 1st, 2012. He was only 25 years old. Um, Joe Van and his girlfriend had frequent arguments in the days leading up to his death. A source told Kansas City, Kansas City stars Christine Vendell that Joe Van resented his girlfriend going home at 1 a.m. after watching a Trey song. Okay. <laughs> he has some issues. She then uh left for the Power and Light District. I guess that's somewhere in Kansas City. It's a popular uh nightclub area. After after they had a heated argument, she went there. Jova and another woman hung out at the same venue. Ain't that something? When Joven couldn't find the other woman anymore. He went to her apartment and she wasn't there. Jovan eventually passed out as 2007 Bentley, 
which was parked outside the woman's apartment just before 3 a.m. When police found Belcher in his car, he told them that he was waiting on his girlfriend. However, he claimed that he was locked out the apartment. Hmm. Yes. USA Today Sports' Lindsay H. Jones identified the alleged girlfriend as Brittany Glass, a woman Belcher had been dating since the March of 2012. Authorities encouraged Belcher to go back inside the apartment where neighbors bust him in. He spent the next several hours there before returning home. Belcher didn't get home till about 7 a.m. the following day, and when he did get home, he got into an argument with Perkins. Mm. Yes. The, the, that's the baby mama. Perkins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was asking. Sorry. Belcher took a handgun and shot Perkins nine times in the master bedroom in front of his own mom. Belcher then left the house and drove his brand new Bentley to the chief's practice facility. As soon as Belcher left, his mom called 911 and asked for immediate medical attention for Perkins. Not only that, but there's a recording of her phone call also that, that also revealed that she tried to motivate Perkins while emergency responders were on their way to the house. Mm. Yes. His mom also told authorities that the couple argument stemmed from him not him allegedly not being the father of their daughter Zoe. Oh wow. Child. So before Bel- Belcher, you know, fled the scene, he apologized and kissed Perkins and his daughter per the Kansas City Star. Once Belcher arrived at the Chiefs practice facility, he was holding a different handgun when he ran into um, Kansas City General Manager Scott Pioli. Belcher thanked Pioli for signing him for the three and a half, you know, uh, years earlier, and he then admitted to the letter that he just murdered his girlfriend. Uh, Belcher also asked Pioli to tell Chief's owner, Clark Hunt, like, okay, can you take care of my daughter, Zoe, make sure she's good. At that point, Belcher wanted to talk to the head coach, Romeo, uh, Piola ob- obliged and brought, you know, Romeo out of the Chiefs practice facility and Belcher thanked him as soon as he saw him. Mm. Both Pioli and Romeo implored Belcher to, you know, drop his weapon. However, Belcher refused at just past 8 a.m. Central Time. Police sirens blaring in the background could be heard. Um, Belcher walked roughly 20 feet from Pioli and Romeo. The Chiefs linebacker then knelt beside a vehicle, made the sign of the cross, pointed the gun at his head, and pulled the trigger. Oh, my God. Um, Romeo told Belcher all hope wasn't lost moments before he killed himself. Kansas City authorities believe Joven killed himself because murder and Perkins weighed just too heavily on his conscience. He, uh, per the police chief at the time, he cared about her um and in december he said i don't think he could live with himself mm-hmm. with killing um his girlfriend the chiefs also referred belcher and perkins to a counselor to help them sort out their issues per the new york post Brittany glass the woman joven belcher had been dating for nine months prior to his death 
told police that he sent her a text message saying he would shoot Perkins if she did not leave him alone. And Belcher also allegedly told Glass in a text message that Perkins threatened to take his NFL earnings and their daughter once they parted ways. So Belcher felt like he was done with Perkins, right? Mm-hmm. While he was, you know, dating this other girl, Miss Brittany Glass, um, prior to, you know, his his death. Um, and, you know, he said he was going to, you know, he threatened to take all that money and everything away. And their daughter, like, how you just going to, Sir, go on somewhere. No, for real. We probably, yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah, so an unnamed friend of Joven told Deadspin.com, Isaac's, Deadspin.com was Isaac, right? That Belcher and Perkins had been separated for about two weeks prior to the tragic event. They were out a few days before their lives had were drastically cut short. A friend said that Belcher struggled with alcohol, painkillers, <coughs> concussions, and Excuse personal me, problems in the weeks leading up to his death. He also confirmed to Deadspin.com via email that the Chiefs linebacker Belcher consumed alcohol heavily at the time. Mm. Belcher exchanged text messages with Reggie Paramore his college teammate with the main Black Bears the night before he passed away. Hey. Yeah. First, we don't know what that text message said. But his friend Reggie was in complete disbelief. He told Epstein that Belcher was a soft-spoken individual who had an emotional side, a trait that Belcher <laughs> made that stood That's out on the football field. Many of Belcher family members and peers never expected his life to end the way that it did. Apparently, many people never knew what bothered Belcher, a man who tutored kids in church and who was into family guy and photography. Dang. Yes. His uncle <laughs> even said he never seen any outbursts towards his nephew. That's what he told Sports Illustrated. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Excuse me, y'all. I ain't got no more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm over here dying slowly. Uh, but according to the terms of the NFL's collective bargaining agreement, the state of state or guardian of Joven Belcher's daughter, Zoe, will get more than $1 million. Oh, wow. Zoe Belcher received 108 thousand dollars yearly from 2012 to 2016 and received <coughs> I'm so sorry y'all $48,000 annually in 2017 and oh, received wow. $52,000 annually until she turns 18 years old if Zoe goes to college she will receive $52,000 until she turns 23 years old per ESPN. Oh, that, yes. was, that was nice for them. Mm-hmm. They should. And I hope, like, the family is. I'm not even going to say that. But y'all, y'all, y'all know what I was about to say. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Cassandra Perkins' family members told the New York Post that they would raise Zoe in the aftermath of her mother's, you know, untimely death. And they told them, you know, this at the funeral service in Texas. 
Joven Bletcher's name wasn't mentioned during the event at all, and I I, I understand why. Yeah. Um, Belcher's mother, Cheryl Shepard, requested authorities to examine her son's body one year after his death. Um, lawyer Derek Vonder told ESPN's Steve Delson that Shepard made the request so specialists could examine his brain. Mm. At the time, Shepard's filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the Kansas City Chiefs alleging that they neglected her son's mental state and allowed him to continue mm. playing football despite his uh, predicament. And wow. actually, according to the auto spy, auto spy, wow, I really just said that. Our, autopsy. <laughs> I just said auto spy. You said auto spy. You said auto spy. I did. Y'all. Well, I probably would have said something. Oh my God. Y'all, I prom autopsy. I know how to say it. Findings confirmed that, now I got attitude, that Joven Bletchett had signs of chronic traumatic um, CTE, is what he had, a um, degenerative brain disorder that at the time of his death in December of 2012, and actually most football players get this, it's caused from the concussion, mm. from them being hit so hard. Um, I think it's a movie with Will Smith in it that talk oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never seen it. I, never I haven't seen it. You should watch it. Yeah. Um, Bletcher's friend told Deadspin.com that the Chiefs linebacker took several blows to the head during the game against the Cincinnati Beagles. Um, on the, November 18th of 2012, it was Bletcher's last start in the National Football League. Mm. Uh, coinc consequently, Bletcher felt dazed and ex you know, experienced short-term memory loss. Mm. He couldn't recall the events that transpired before the game against the Beagles. Oh, wow. So, truthfully, I mean, what he did could have contributed to you know, CTE. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, I guess they never looked at it or, you know, got him checked out to see, you know, if his mental state was okay. I did not see anywhere where the mom won the wrongful death lawsuit, mm. but then again, she could have, and it could just be hush hush. So she could have got an amount. So we will never know. So I wonder if she and uh, the granddaughter Zoe's wife. I wonder too. I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah. But I, I, I actually never found anywhere where he wasn't the father. You know, everywhere it says that that's his child. So I don't know. But um, it's still good that she is being taken care of at the end of the day and getting, yeah. you know, making sure her needs are met and you know the family's taking care of her. So I happy that that the NFL actually did that for them. So. Yeah. Um, I wonder how old Zoe is now. I don't think I, I didn't see that anywhere. Um, she should be doing math. She should be like, she should be like a teenager now. Yeah, probably like 15, 16. Yeah. Okay, then. Wow. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's, that's another, that's the end of today's episode. I cannot talk today. I don't know why I'm stumbling. But that is the end of another episode of Tiff, Tim, and True Crime, where we take a deep dive into the dark world of criminal activity. Today, we explore a tragic story today of Jovan Belcher, the football player who left 
for more questions and answers. We hope you found this episode as informative as it was entertaining, but not really entertaining because it was a story. But let's be real. We all know why you're really here. You just can't resist the irresistible chemistry between me and I. Yes. We may never know exactly what led him to commit such a heinous act, but what we do know is that you can always count on Tiff and Tim to bring you the heat with a sort of kind of, not expert analysis, but, you know, from our POV. Absolutely. With our little witty banter. Period. So if you're craving more true crime stories with a side little sass, then be sure to tune in next time for another thrilling episode of Tiff, Tim, and True Crime. Until then, stay safe out there and remember, always tackle your problems head on just like a football player would. Bye. Bye.